Father God, I thank you for another opportunity to be able to come together, discuss your word. Um, I thank you, Father, for all of the listeners. Um, I pray that as the holiday season sets in, um, that you will fix our minds, our hearts on you, on what's important and away from any other distractors that take away from you, Father. Um, I thank you for this opportunity, and I pray that your words speak through us, that anything that takes away from you may just mm-hmm. fall away, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, I have uh, three three verses that have actually popped up to me um well aside from the other one from john um, and that's more of a section it's an account but when i think of gratefulness and thankfulness you know they're very synonymous words but sometimes i think of thankfulness as an outward expression and gratefulness as an inward expression and there's really nothing in the definition that would state that but it seems like you know, you're always saying thank you, you know, um, but in word, you, you generally use gratefulness to express inward uh, emotion. So, but I find it interesting that the Bible talks a lot about rejoicing, being thankful, uh, and gratefulness in a way that is supposed to change our mindset. Uh, the first verse I'm thinking of is First Thessalonians 5.18. And it says, whatever happens, always be thankful. This is how God wants you to live in Christ. So we're actually told that being thankful is in line with how God would like us to lead and live our lives. And it actually makes things easier when we're told that. If we love one another, then the world will know that we're his disciples. So being thankful for some of the people around us, um, even difficult people, if we can find out how to be thankful in everything, we can find out how to be thankful in difficult situations. It can be like working a muscle, though. Sometimes you may feel atrophied. But the more you do it, the more you start looking, the more you become aware. And then you start realizing, you know, I'm really holding myself back because I don't have to let somebody else determine how I respond. I can determine how I respond. And I learned to do that by talking to Holy Spirit, uh, reading the word and having Holy Spirit explain that. And I learned to respond better. But I have to be open to it. I have to be vulnerable. And there are plenty of times I find myself just, you know, digging my heel in and saying, no, I can't do it. So thankfulness and making that a way of life is something that God intends for us to do and wants us to do so that we can bear fruit. Philippians 4, 6 says, and this is reading from the ERV and the other version, uh, the other verse was reading from the ERV as well. Don't worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need Always giving thanks for what you have. I think this is an important look on life. And being thankful for everything we have, if we can figure it out, because a lot of times we look at stuff as 
I have to do this, I have to do that, you know, life is crazy kind of thing. So if we, like, I'll give you a phrase. I have to throw out the garbage. If I change one word, tell me how it changes it for you, Joe. I get to throw out the garbage. One's a reluctant duty that you don't uh, that you feel like you have to do but you don't want to do the other one gives an air of i want to do it this is something that i get to do almost like the difference between an unwilling adult and a child that's looking for more opportunity mm-hmm. those th- that's a illustration that comes to mind right and One of the things in doing this exercise of, you know, mundane tasks that we all have to face, I get to do the dishes, you know, I get to throw out the garbage. That means I have garbage to throw out. I actually have stuff in my life that I can get rid of. You know, I'm not impoverished. I have something that I can get rid of. So in essence, I have a blessing going on. And from that blessing, I pick what I want and I throw away what's unneeded. I get to do the dishes. Well, dishes would signify that I'm eating. So I get to do the dishes. I had a meal. You know, if I have to do the dishes, it's exactly what it sounds like, a chore. I get to do the dishes means there's something that I benefited from. So I'm thankful for. So the more I say I get to do this, I get to take my wife out on a date. I get to spend time with my children. I get to go to work. You know, the more I use get instead of have to, the more the chains fall off. So I kind of like that exercise. Somebody else said it, and I can't remember who, so they get all the credit, but I don't know who they are. So I can't, you know, tell you I heard it from where. But it's a great exercise, especially when you feel overwhelmed. Step back and just pick one item and change the word from have to get and see what happens. Maybe nothing happens. I don't know. But hopefully you do get something. Psalm 118, 1 through 18. Oh, I, I, I'm actually going to read 1 through uh, 4. The ERV. Praise the Lord God because he is good. His faithful love will last forever. Israel say it. His faithful love will last forever. Aaron's family say it. His faithful love will last forever. You people worshiping the Lord say it. His faithful love will last forever. So we can be thankful that God's faithful love, when counterpoint our unfaithfulness, his faithful love will last forever. And it's an expression outward. God is love, and he's expressing himself to us who have been called out of unfaithfulness to join him in faithfulness. And so that's the whole concept of being thankful for, because he's changed our destiny. By a birth, we would be going to hell, because we were autonomous. We wanted self-rule. And because self-rule is a sinful thing, because we put ourselves before others, and especially before God, We've already sinned before we're even aware of it. And it doesn't take a lot of 
quote-unquote sin, it just takes one thing of sin. But we're born into that. Our nature is innate to that. So I'm thankful that God changed my destiny, but not only my destiny, the destiny of many of my loved ones as well. Thankfulness is not a feeling. Feelings fade, feelings come, they go, they fluctuate based off of circumstance. Uh, But the Bible calls for thankfulness and gratitude to be a lifestyle. Uh, Yes. And and it's it's interesting to me that when you read a lot of um, specifically Paul's writing in the New Testament, he writes in a way that actually science would later on come to uh, back up and lend lend credence to. But he he writes as if we are we are in constant perpetual motion humans that we are constantly doing one way or the other and. When you see some of his writings, that's reflected when he says, don't don't do this, but do this, you know, like in Ephesians 5, 4, let there be no filth, uh, no filthiness, nor foolish talk. Let there (laughs) third time's a charm. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. Yes. And so a lot of times when you hear that verse, it's focused on the first half of it rather than the second half. Um, You know, with the crude talk and, and, you know, focusing on what not to do. But it's very specific on what it's called, what we're called to do, um, because it from from thankfulness flows so many things: peace, strength, uh, generosity. You see littered all over the Bible talk of of peace and not having worry and not having fear but living in that peace Mm -hmm. well that peace comes from a sense of gratitude for what you have and the thing about christians that an unfortunate number don't realize is that on a near constant basis there is the sound of victory blaring from your spirit or at least there should be that thing that's different then that other people see a lot of people, you know, let let your light shine or, you know, it's it's said in, in, in dozens of different ways. But that intangible it factor is that sound of victory. So like we talked about last week about the giants, that giants are always going to come, that there's always going to be tasks, there's always going to be things, there's always going to be stuff that that stuff that you don't feel like you you should be grateful for like there how could you possibly be grateful for this that sense of being thankful all the time comes from the victory that we live in all the time even when it doesn't feel like it like we said feelings come feelings go when you live out of that place, that's a game changer. And that it, it, it changes your orientation from 
being focused on what I have to do, being focused on the chains that are holding you in place and, and that sense of, of dread or heaviness that comes from thinking in that kind of way, um, almost mourning the things that you have to do. Right. Your orientation shifts to the beauty of the victory that we live in, even when times are tough, because it's, it's during those times that I feel like a lot of the time we get caught up in thinking that my suffering is my punishment. I am being punished for something because I am not a good enough Christian. I did this wrong or that wrong, whatever. Um, but that, the, the the demands of justice have been met. The wrath of God has been satisfied. Um, so our suffering is not random. It is not because of something that we randomly did, and so now it's random because of that. It's because God is God is sovereign over it. So it's not it's already been taken care of. Um, and and I dare say that it's in those moments that we are being conformed to the image of his son. Right. There's a, a, a something you said earlier on when you started, but you've also carried it through in various parts. I think by nature, and it's not a good nature, we tend to gravitate towards the negative. Mm-hmm. I'm a bad person. I deserve to be punished and everything. And then you you flip it. You say, you know, that's already been taken care of, you know. So we tend to stay caught up in the past instead of being thankful for what God has done. We can make it about ourselves. And this this is, you know, I've done this and I've done it for a long time. You know, the circumstances you're brought up into, a lot of people didn't come from very good lives, dysfunctional homes, and then tragedies along the way where it's very hard to see thankfulness as the normal desire for God to have us. Um, So when we look at things, we tend to see it from a negative perspective instead of really learning how to be thankful for that, for, for the freedom it brings, but also so that we can just cut away from the past. The old man is dead, been crucified. And that's all these tragedies that have gone away. And they hold us back from reaching into, and I'm going to use the word destiny. We're destined to honor God and glorify him. We can't do that if we're caught in the negativity of the past or the present or the bleakness of the future. So I'm, I'm totally on point with what you're saying. Um, in 2 Corinthians 4, starting at 16, it says... That is why we never give up. Our physical body is becoming older and weaker, but our spirit inside of us is made new every day. We have small troubles for a while now, but these troubles are helping us gain an eternal glory. An eternal glory is much greater than our troubles. So we think about what we cannot see, not what we see. What we see lasts only for a short time, and what we cannot see will last forever. Unfortunately, the human condition tends to flip that on its head. Mm -hmm. 
that what we see now is the end all be all. What our circumstances now are impossible for us to get out of. Right. And that, you know, it's it. The, there's very much two sides of the coin. We talked about everything that stems out of a sense of faithful or out of uh, yeah, faithfulness, thankfulness, gratitude, all of that. At the same token, the opposite of that is fear, anger, bitterness, hate, all of those things. And I think when you boil it down past the verbiage, past the when you boil it down to an emotional level, it's safe to say that when we aren't when we are fixated and oriented in the wrong direction, there is a sense of bitterness for what we have going on currently this sense of dread that it's not ever going to get better um and and we are we are called to live like i said before in victory be the to be the ambassadors for christ and and be his representation on in 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 this world for right now and so like you talk about a lot of the time how we how how christ is looking for for rulers um people to uh that that we are promised great things um and and you know positions of leadership and all of those kinds of things um we this is the this is the starting point for that is living in that sense of victory and conveying what has what has changed but also what living in the kingdom honestly represents and that's why it all comes together love peace gratitude thankfulness there's a reason why the top two the the top two most important marching orders that we have been given are what love god love others and when Mm. you're living out of that place of love because you have been loved forgive because you have been forgiven that almost forces you to look at the 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 precious gift and hope that that we have been given so freely very good there's um I, you know, in, in speaking of gratefulness, and I think you said it, we we have to be authentic in it, you know, and you stress not just doing it because that's what you, you have to do. But there, the Bible says, you know, weep with those who weep. So there's a time for mourning and sorrow. There is, and you have to be authentic to that. You can't just say, you know, um, like one of the things is when somebody dies, Somebody may say, oh, they're in a better place or God needed an angel, which is not scriptural. But, 
you know, people say these words that are meant to comfort, but they, they really don't. It, you try, and it's, it's not the best way to go about it. But we know that God wants us to be authentic. He doesn't want us to fake it. Because then that would bring a religious spirit, and we want to cast out all these spirits. We do not want to take it on. So when there's a person who's actually going through anguish and everything, we're to come alongside. But we're supposed to bring them to a place where they can break free of that identity, you know, not be depressed, not be suicidal, not be overwhelmed. That their identity is not in the situation that they're going through, but their identity is in God. And part of that is going through the practice of giving thanks. Uh, and the more you do it, you know, in the good times, the easier you can see how it navigates you during the darker times. You know, and, and we know that Jesus, uh, well, I'm going to quote from Isaiah 42, 3. He, it says, he will not break even a crushed reed. The, uh, he will not even pull out even the weakest flame. He will bring true justice. And Jesus repeats that in Matthew 12. So he has a tender heart for those who are going through things. He's not going to say, oh, you bad boy, you bad person. You deserve more punishment. You know, you're acting like a spoiled child of mine. No, he's actually geared towards it. But he wants to bring true justice in every situation to the nations. So we want to be authentic in giving thanks and not pretend or to, what's that, perform, I think might be a better word, perform the act of giving thanks for we're not really in it. So uh, God is not deceived. He, he does understand that. And that ties back into the idea that we are always in some way acting or having an action or performing an action of some kind. And it really boils down to when you're living out of that place, it's going to permeate in every other way. It's not just, you know, when you're living out of a place, out of community and communion with Holy Spirit, that you're only going to get a couple of the fruits of the Spirit. No, no, mm -hmm. they're all listed for a reason, and it's all in there together for a reason. Um, going to the verse ahead of where I started in Second um, Corinthians, so 15, all this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. That is the most important thing and the most important component of having a grateful heart. Because when you live there, all of the other commandments that we are given will come from that spot. But you see so many correlation strong between love and glory to God and thankfulness and glory to God because we we serve the ultimate representation of love and out of that comes victory and out of that victory mm -hmm. comes joy 
and gratitude and generosity and and all of those things. Yes. Shall we talk about ungratefulness now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is this is an interesting um, section of scripture, and it actually popped out to me many many years later. I'm sure it would pop out to people a lot earlier than it did for me, but I'm a little thick. Um, I'm going to go from the NLT on this one. And it's about Jesus healing the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda the five, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time. He asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the, bubble, when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me to pick up, he told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that, they demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. And here's the kicker. But afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you're well. So stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him because Jesus had explained to him that he was sick because he had done a sin. And I have to tell you this. This is just me in conjecture, but I surmise that what he did was really bad. And Jesus called him out on it. And instead of the man being grateful because he had been sick for 38 years, that's a really long time, he got offended and not being grateful for getting healed, being stuck, not being able to walk, having to crawl if he can, he said, okay, Jesus, I'm going to get even with you because you offended me. You, you made me feel ashamed or embarrassed me. I'm going to tell the Jewish leaders that it was you who healed me. So does that sound like ungratefulness or what? Yeah. Yep. But this is where we talk about gravitate toward the negative. Yeah. If he had truly been thankful and was humbled by God reaching out and healing him, he would have said, oh, yes, I won't do it ever again. Right. But, you know, it was something, you know, and it's got to be, in my mind, something really bad or heinous because the adulterous woman wasn't called out like that. You know, he really said, you know, something worse is going to happen to you if you continue. So. One thing about Jesus is, you see it all through scripture, he knew people, you know, whether he heard it from the Father or he saw it supernaturally, he knew it. And he knew that this man could go backwards. 
And out of love, he healed them. And out of love, he told them, you know, you think 38 years being lame and sick is bad. Something worse can happen to you, you know, but I was merciful to you, you know. And then instead of receiving the gift, he got affronted. Right. So, yeah, and, and, you know, in in the small ways, we can be that way, too. When we read scripture and it, you know, challenges us and we get a little bit rebuffed about it, you know, um, loving the unlovely, people who are letting strangers into your home, entertaining angels, things that challenge us in our modern society. Things, you know, are different. You know, I'm not telling women to go ahead and open their homes to strange guys at all. I don't. I, I, I don't lean that way at all. There's a safety thing. But, you know, I, I look at certain people who are trying to live out the gospel and thankfulness for what they have, giving up their possessions so they can go out and minister, and they want to take strangers into their home and help them and everything. I'm thinking, that's great, but I'm challenged. I do not like that idea. That's just beyond my comfort zone right now. And so obviously I have a long way to go in that area. But I also have, you know, daughters and I wouldn't want, you know, strangers in the house. So to me, there's still a safety factor. If I was living on my own, would I do it? I probably don't think so, even then, because I like, you know, my space. So it's weird, right? My space. God gave me my space. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. I think there's truth in what you said as far as far as and I don't even think it's just in the small ways. I think on so many levels we are we have a propensity even in 2019 to not appreciate gifts that are so freely given to us. Mhm. And thinking that the you know I'm going to use the word restrictions that come along with them. But by that, I mean when when God very clearly says, okay, hey, don't do this. You know what I mean? Here's the things you don't need to be doing. That's what I mean by restrictions. I know that that word tends to have a negative connotation. But I think we talked about this in, in another episode where, you know – parents you understand you give your kids guidelines you give your kids boundaries because you love them because you don't want to see them getting hurt or whatever you want to see them learn and 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 be safe and all of those things right um and and it's the same kind of way but going back to that whole idea of what is here and now being the main focus like well why can't i just go and do why does why do there have to be so many rules or boundaries and things like that and i think that it's very easy to get caught up in that aspect of it rather than hey this is what could happen this is what you were doing but i was merciful I right. healed you. Now, now stop doing that. That landed you in that in that situation. Exactly. You know. Um. So I I I I want to put this out there to the listeners. First off, 
um, heading into next week, if it hasn't been clear, this is our Thanksgiving-themed episode, if you will. Um, so happy Thanksgiving. But for those of you, I, I don't know who else does this, but I pray before we pray. My wife and I pray before dinner. Um, we do every night, and a lot of that. For most people that pray before a meal, thank you for this food. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Um, and that and that's great. Um, it's never no point should honest prayer ever be discouraged or um, short sheeted, short sold. You know, it's it's important. Yes. Um, but it doesn't need to be um, like a dinner time thing. It doesn't need to be a mealtime thing or like, hey, that's when it works. This is what times work for me. So, you know, I, one thing I, I've I've tried to start doing is as soon as my feet hit the floor in the morning, be thankful about something. Doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Find something. You know what I mean? And, and when you orient yourself in that kind of way it's a lot of the same way i'm one of those people that believes in doing a lot of your reading and things like that first thing in the morning because it sets the course of your day it sets the pace of your day some people they do that best at night fantastic whatever works for you that's there's no rhyme or reason you know as far as that or no specific guidelines as far as that goes but it's that first thought that crosses your mind in the day is tends to be where the human mind takes the track of the day. Just general rule of thumb, is it true 100% of the day or 100% of the time? No, but more often than not, there's truth in that. Yeah. Um, so listeners, um, orient yourself, especially because of uh, because of the holidays that are uh, that are coming forward. I know a lot of times we're put in stressful situations. the The holidays aren't the most pleasant time for a lot for a lot of people. So being real about what everyday life looks like for a lot of Christians, for a lot of people, but for a lot of the people that are going to be listening to this, um, that it's not you know a Hallmark Christmas movie whenever everybody gets together for a uh, for for a family meal for Thanksgiving whatever, um, and maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's coworkers. Maybe it's it's whatever the whatever that thing is. Um, focus not on that, but focus on love and gratitude and showing that above anything else. Mm-hmm. You know the things that come do not change facts feelings do not change facts i think that's one thing that we have gotten way off base with in in today's culture is putting feelings over facts facts and laws of nature are facts and laws of nature you cannot change them and that's that's what this is 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 facts and laws of nature and so when when that is where you are focused is on the facts not the feelings of what this person's doing not the not the reactions of what this person's doing or what this situation dictates but just focus on facts and laws of nature friends something tells me that it will be a total and complete paradigm shift 
for your holiday season and and for life uh, uh, but but specifically i want to put this out there for as we gear up for the quote-unquote holiday season amen now for those of us who have lost someone this year since last thanksgiving it can be a hard time uh, this will be the first thanksgiving my mother's not going to be around and so that can be a difficult time, but I am so thankful for the woman she was in my life and the joy she brought me. And today I have her memories. I'm not going to get emotional, but she was a great woman. And um, I get to remember her this Thanksgiving. And for me, it's bittersweet but I can hold on to her and all the wonderful things she's done. She wasn't perfect, but she did love us. And she put us first a lot of the times. And, and friends that listeners that have, that have um, lost somebody um, this year or are in that even if you're still in that place of um, that bittersweet place of of mourning but remembering the good things, I want you to reel this back maybe two minutes, and I want you to listen to everything that this man just said again because that's the posture to have. It's not easy. We talk about the Giants. Some Giants are bigger than others. It doesn't... There are some things that 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 you know. That's it's how I came to came to know Christ. Is I I realized that there are things in this world that hit harder than I do, and things that I I can't I can't beat. And I just I, I want to counsel all of all of you to um, rejoice in the good. Um, rejoice in, in, in the positive things uh, and and the the victory that though flesh and blood goes away and is temporary um, we are not so I want to wrap this up again um be safe. Have have a good and joyous uh, holiday next week. Um, and go in the peace of knowing the power that God has for you. And go in the peace of victory that comes with life in the kingdom. Yes. Do you want to round us off in prayer? Sure. Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for each and every listener. (coughs) Father, for the goodness that you are and the goodness that you give us each and every day. Sometimes we're even aware of that. Father, I just pray that you would give us hearts attuned to you, 
that we would become more grateful people, that we would change the world by our gratefulness, Father. The world is really mean right now and not really powerful because they don't know you and there's no power in what they are they have, Father, but that we could change hearts. These hearts, Father, these that are around us, Father, show us how to be thankful for all the things that tend to discourage us or cause us to pull away. Father, show us that you're more powerful and that you decide to dwell in us. So therefore, you're giving us your power to come into alignment with you so that we can become more grateful children that change the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.